Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast from SturdyMcKee.com. Hey, welcome. I am so glad to have uh, Vladimir Gendelman, founder and CEO of Company Folders, here with us on the Focus Forward Business Podcast. I am Sturdy McKee. I help business owners uh, work with their teams on professional leadership development, uh, create order out of chaos, and ultimately make more money. And I am your host for the Focus Forward Business Podcast. Um, thanks for being here, Vladimir. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah. So let's do this thing. <laughs> cool. So will you please tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do currently? Absolutely. I, uh, I started a company called Company Folders um, about 17 or 18 years ago. Uh, and currently I am the CEO and obviously the founder of the company. Um, and uh, we specialize in printing presentation folders, binders, and envelopes. That's our main product. And outside of that, we do all other printing. Uh, and actually, uh, we do promotional products as well. Cool, cool. So give a little bit more, um, a bit of background, I guess. You were born and raised in the Soviet Union, you said the Ukraine, right? But how did yeah. you get started in business? And what was your first business? What motivated you? <laughs> um, <laughs> how did I get started in business? That's a good question because I almost feel that um, I was kind of born that way. I was, since I was a kid, it, it was always about making a deal somehow mm. uh, to the point where I would bully my grandma into making bets with me that, that I knew for sure I'm going to win. And then, you know, we would make a bet for a dollar, a ruble at the time. Right. Um, but, you know, that, that was the beginning of it. And then when we were in school, uh, my friends and I would, well, one friend, we would um, resell uh, tapes for, um, mm-hmm. for a tape player. Uh, we would... Uh, make copies of photographs you know how they now say copy and paste we actually had to take a photograph take a photograph of a photograph right (laughs) then we had to develop it (laughs) make it and then we would sell those photographs in school um which was also fun and um they were photographs of um some groups or or bands that that were Mm -hmm. popular but you know in, in back in soviet union you can't really go to the store and buy it. So right. somehow, somewhere, somebody would bring the photograph in and then if you get your hands on it, take a photo of the photo. Uh, so we did that. Uh, then when we left Soviet Union, we, we had to go through Austria and Italy where we spent a couple of months in Austria and then mm. almost six months in Italy. So during those times, I, um, I actually ended up selling a lot of things also. Um, because there were other immigrants who would bring stuff to sell because mm-hmm. we couldn't really um, take our money out um, in the sense that, you know, they wouldn't transfer it to dollars and they, we couldn't have it. So people would bring right. stuff that they heard could be sold in another country. But then the problem was that a lot of those people were doctors and engineers and selling was kind of beneath them. Oh, okay. But it was not beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> so I would I would take their product and I would uh, they would tell me how much money they want for it and I would sell it for more and um, keep the difference. 
So I did that. Um, then also in Italy, um, I had another gig going where um, I would stand in the traffic light with a, uh, with a brush mm-hmm. and uh, some kind of liquid to wash the windshield. And when cars stopped, I would just put soap on and, 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 and wash the windshield of the car in hopes that they give me some kind of money. And, and a lot of times they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they yelled at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it all, um, which was also cool. And then we came here and I just had job after job after job. Um, and then in, at some point uh, towards the late 90s, uh, a friend of mine and I, we would buy uh, computers, laptops mm-hmm. and computers that were off lease uh, for okay. companies. Right. And then we would... Um, delete all the information, reinstall Windows, and make sure that everything works properly, and then we would sell those computers. Kind of the refurbished idea. Yep, yep. On eBay, we would sell it locally, through Craigslist, all sorts of things. And um, so that was fun also. Mm-hmm. And then um, at some point, I started a uh, computer repair company. Um, and as the computer repair company, I would go, you know, visit customers and help them with their computer problems. And one day, um, a customer asked me if, um, if I could help him find nice company folders. I said, of course, how hard could that be, right? Uh, by then, internet was already a thing. Mm-hmm. And I started the research and, and there really wasn't much out there in terms of variety and options and things like that. It was all standard stuff. And uh, and the moment they realized that my mind traveled back to Soviet Union because we had standard staff in Soviet Union. Right. So, um, and it kind of robbed me the wrong way. Like I did not, I did not leave Soviet Union to find remainders of it here, right? Um, so that's when I decided that somebody got to do this. Somebody got to create options with presentation folders and uh, might as well be me. So I pivoted um, and started this company uh, for, uh, because customer referred to it as company folders, I called it company folders, uh, companyfolders.com was available. And mm-hmm. I guess the rest is history. I uh, started growing the company from then uh, for the first, was it what, five years? I worked seven days a week, 14 to 16 hour days. Um, and then, you know, it's gotten a little easier <laughs> and then a little bit more easier. And Well, I, I yeah. love that you, the, the name, people get all tied up in the names, right? But you named your company what the customer called it before you had customers before there was a company. Correct. Right? And I, I think that's genius, right? Because then, then you've got that fit and understanding from the customer side. Correct. So, yeah. so you made that pivot. Do you wish you had done it at all differently? Were there any lessons that you, you know, kind of wish you had known at that time? Um, well, <laughs> it depends on how you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. On one hand, I don't wish anything was different because that's my journey and that's what worked and that's what taught right. me a lot of things. On the other hand, of course, I would 
love to do everything differently, in, 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 including the industry I'm in, just because I would get a chance to learn some other industry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Not to say that print industry is bad by any means, I love what I do. Um, however, uh, the company name, um, mm -hmm. as good as, and descriptive as it is, at the same time, it's also limiting, right? Like okay. it's really hard to sell other products under that company name. Granted, we do, but uh, maybe looking forward back then, different name that's a bit more generic might be better. But then it would be hard to establish the nation. And once, as I said, that's my journey, right? And I would not want to change it. But if I'm given a task to like come up with things that could be changed, that possibly mm -hmm. could work out better. I'm sure everything could be updated like that. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you you just mentioned you spent the first several years, a lot of people can relate to this, working long hours every day of the week. Yep. That's pretty common with most people starting up businesses, right? And then, but you're, you're not, presumably you're not doing that now. So no. what advice would you give um, to a business owner who's kind of struggling with that, with not having enough time, with being too busy in their business and not being able to... Um, you know, preserve any of their time for anything else. What did you learn? What made the change for you? That's a really hard thing to do in at the time. Mm -hmm. um, because to get from point where you work a lot to the point where you don't, um, it's a it's a hundred percent mindset shift. Right. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's an easy thing, right? You, you hire more people. I mean, t tactically, strategically, it's easy, but I think you're onto something with the mindset it's, it's shift. The, it's the mindset, right? So physically, all you got to do is hire more people mm -hmm. who can do things that you currently do better than you, right? right. And right. because, you know, as, as a business owner, you're not an expert in any of those things. Mm -hmm. But if you hire experts to do them, then they're going to do them. They're going to do them better than you could, right? They're going to get better results. Your company will grow bigger and better sooner. However, there is always a fear. How am I going to pay those people? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. What if it doesn't work? And, and, and that's where the whole mindset shift comes in, right? Um, I, I read a lot of books. And I attribute a lot of my success to that. Um, but for the business owners who are currently working a lot, I would definitely say, A, start reading books. Very counterintuitive because I'm sure they don't have time for that. Right. But it's really hard to get past those points, right, uh, without growing your uh, mindset. The way I see it is our businesses could not grow beyond um, our mindset, wherever our mindset is at the moment, right? So what was the trigger, the catalyst for you to make that shift? I was reading books. Yeah. At the time and before. And the more, and a lot of books, uh, they, they, they are in the same topic, right? And I'm talking about business books, obviously. Um, the topic is the same or very similar, and mm -hmm. ideas repeat themselves in different words, mm -hmm. which 
over time, what happens is it changes your mindset yeah. automatically, right? Like you heard that from here and from there, and they put it in these words and those words. And But as the final result, you start thinking differently. Mm-hmm. The more you think differently, the, um, the more you naturally change things around you. Okay. Uh, and the more you change things around you, the obviously outcomes are different. So when I started hiring more people for positions that I did not have 100% occupancy for in terms of work, right? Right. 100% demand for, that's when really things started to work because I didn't think I, I need this marketing person, for example, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't think there was a lot for them to do. But then the moment that person starts, the work somehow comes up by itself. And before you know it, the person is overly busy with it. Mm-hmm. So then you mm-hmm. hire another one. And then before you know it, the other one is overly busy, right? And it just keeps on going. And with that, you get more business coming in and, and you can pay for more and more things. Um, right. And of course, at the same time, when you start cutting things, it works the same way. The more you cut, the less work you get, the less money you have, the more you need to cut. And it's a vicious the Right, it goes back the wrong way. So yeah, one of the things mindset-wise, if somebody's struggling with this, and I, I love where you went with that, um, I work with clients on is this concept or idea of just just asking yourself the question are you the hardest working best player on the team or are you the coach facilitating all the players to be the best players they can be and kind of shifting you know not being on the field but putting empowering people to play the positions, to do the best work that they can do and giving them the resources and training and skill, you know, whatever they need to do that can be a bit of a game changer. And that's, that's usually an easy one for people to see because if they've ever played on a team or watched sports, you know, you don't see the, the coach or the manager of the baseball team running around fielding balls in middle infield, right? They're supposed to be in the dugout, right? Or the manager on the football or soccer field is meant to be on the sidelines, not running around the middle of the field. Right. Absolutely. And that's exactly how I see my role in the company. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure that everybody is taken care of and has what they need to do their job. Cool. And yeah, as, long as, as long as I do that and they do what they do, our customers are taken care of and you know, new customers are coming in through the door. And, right. and There's no better marketing than happy customers, huh? That's right. That is absolutely correct. That's awesome. So um, one of the things we deal with business owners that I talk to often will feel, and you can feel isolated, particularly if they don't have a network um, like EO. So you and I connected through entrepreneurs organization, EO. um, And facing those challenges alone in isolation can feel very lonely, can make it even worse. What challenges are you currently facing in your business and how are you working to overcome them that you would be willing to, to share so people kind of understand that they're, they're not alone? What kind of challenges? Uh, wow. So the first one is hiring. Okay. Finding right talent mm-hmm. is extremely, extremely difficult right now. 
you know, the unemployment is high and it seems like people should be there. But when you're talking about highly qualified people with a certain skill, right. especially right. when it comes to technology, for example, they're still in demand. Practically impossible to hire those people. That's definitely a big, big challenge for us right now. Um, mm -hmm. Another challenge is financial. There's never enough money. Uh, resources are always limited. So right, right. You know, you're juggling uh, the situation where, you know, you need this, but you can only pay that. Um, that always comes up. Uh, of course, with COVID, uh, all sorts of other challenges came up. Um, you know, in my industry, most of the product or all the products we produce are um, for face-to-face -face interaction, mm -hmm. for trade shows, for conferences, for sales meetings, and that do not take place right now. So right. the whole industry is down tremendously. Um, we are down tremendously, even though we're doing better than an average company. Mm -hmm but nothing like what we did last year and nothing like what we're going to do next year. Right. I have a very, very right. bright outlook on that. And we're, we changed a lot of things mm -hmm. to help us be in that position, right? And we're still changing a lot of things to set, them, to set us up for the much better next year. But um, yeah, this kind of caught everybody off guard this coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I did not have it on my <laughs> my bingo card at the beginning of the year. Yeah. No. Exactly. Right. Well, and thank you for sharing that because I think that's a really important thing. You've been in business, you, I think, 18 years, you said? 17 years. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think a lot of people come to this thinking, you know, at 18 years, I'm facing these challenges. I must not have it all figured out. What's wrong with me kind of thing or what's wrong with the business, the design or what have you. And there are people that are five years in, right? Looking at it thinking, oh, somebody who's 20 years down the road has it all sorted and knows what, what's going on. And I think that's one of those things that's really important, you know, that like in EO was one of the things that I learned in forum and sharing with people and, and that kind of um, intimacy and, and all is that it doesn't matter how long you've been in business, there are always new problems. There are always new challenges. There are always things that are happening. And that doesn't portend any kind of failure on your part. That's just the nature of the beast, right? And we're facing the next one and the next one and the next one. Even once we solve one, there's a new one. <laughs> I could add to that. Yeah, please. As long as your problems change, you're doing right. something right. Perfect. Yes. The actual problem is when you keep on having the same problem over and yes. over and over again, right? Yes. Um, yeah. The <laughs> moment you solve, point. the moment you solve a problem, the result of that is always another problem. Yeah. Whether you want it or not, right? Big or small, right? But something there's going to be another challenge. Yeah. Think of it as you're going down up the stairs. Mm -hmm. The moment you get to the next flight of stairs there is another challenge meaning another flight of stairs you didn't know about right. it ahead of time and then you get on the floor and on the floor there are all sorts of other issues but that's good because you're <laughs> getting closer to wherever you're going right and, well, and the whole the whole business thing is is, is solving those problems well, that's great great point so what's your proudest moment in your business career proudest moment yeah um, 
proudest moment? Well, I don't know if there is a moment that mm -hmm. would be the proudest, but I guess it's a combination of things. Okay. Um, when I started the company, I honestly didn't, I did not think or did not even, well, maybe I hoped, but I did not think or, or envisioned a bigger company. Mm -hmm. I did not envision myself having, you know, whole bunch of employees and uh, doing the great work for, you know, well-known companies and things like that. And, um, and then gradually, you know, things start happening. And, and the next thing I know, we do work for Hershey Chocolates, Nestle Chocolates, Bed Bath & Beyond, Google, NFL, PGA, all sorts of universities, government, Marines, Navy, Honda, Ford, you know, Chick-fil-A, on and on and on. That, to me right now, that's normal, right? But to me back then, it would have right, been, right, right. no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, on top of that, uh, you know, we were on a list of um, Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies in America for like three straight years. That's awesome. Uh, won all sorts of other awards, were written about in Forbes, Inc., and on and on and on. So combination of all those things, yeah, that's that. those are proud moments. But the real proud moments I get is uh, at home. Mm -hmm. We... Um, on Sundays, Sunday night, we have a what we call a family meeting with my wife and my kids. And as part of that meeting, we talk about things we're grateful that happened over this past week and things we're proud of. Mm -hmm. And once in a while, my kids, uh, in the proud moments, they say that they're proud of me for something work-related. Um, and that's really the proudest moment for me, that, that I cool. can make my kids proud. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what's like one of the biggest things you've learned recently that you wish you had known maybe 10 or 15 years ago? So remember how in the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned that the name. Yes. I might have used a different name in the beginning because uh, it wouldn't be as limiting. Mm. So I've been doing promotional products all these years but on the local so we're a national company right we sell online ship everywhere uh, including canada mexico um but but we never did that with um promotional products promotional products was always local business just people i know because then the name doesn't matter. i was always afraid that if if we start offering promotional products and the company folder's name right we're going to lose our we confuse People, right? right. And, and the specialty of being the folder place, even though nobody does more in folder market than we do. Mm -hmm. And with COVID, um, it, it's kind of like when you're pushed against the wall, right? <laughs> right. Just yes. So we just did yeah. it. We, we went, we went uh, global or national with um, promotional products. And guess what? Uh -huh. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the name. <laughs> <laughs> so if I learned that 10 years ago, uh, that definitely would have helped. But once again, it's a journey that I'm on right. and I love my journey and uh, 
it is what it is. Right. No, I love that. That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, you read a lot of books. Can you share a favorite business book or article um, with us and tell us what's important about it? So there are tons of books out there. Mm-hmm. And there, they, yeah, there are. <laughs> and they help at different points of people's journeys. So it really depends on where people are. My one of my all-time favorites is called The Diamond Cutter. Um, it is written by this guy. His name is Michael Roche, I think. He's um, he's a Buddhist. He's a, he's a Buddhist, and he spent, I think, 11 years there with Buddhist monks. And, uh, and then he came back to America and uh, grew a diamond cutting business from nothing to 100 or $200 million, strictly by applying Buddhist principles. Um, and, and that's what the whole book is about, is those principles. And so... You know how we usually say that you can't change what other people do? Uh-huh. You can only change the way you respond to what other people do. So in that book, he actually shows you how you can take action to change the environment around you. Huh. It's not necessarily direct um, right. correspondence, but it's, it's more about... Uh, the more good good things you do to others, the more open you are, the more grateful you are and everything else, like all these other things just happen to you. Um, and, and sure enough, it does work. Cool, that's a great recommendation. Thank you yeah. very much. It's called The Diamond Cutter. Amazing, amazing book. Cool, cool. We'll check it out and put the link in as well for the podcast, but thanks for that. Are there any other, before we wrap up, any other thoughts you'd like to share or leave the audience with? Um, the mindset yeah. is the biggest thing. Um, and, and usually, uh, and awareness, right? Um, hmm. Because we have to be aware of, of who we are and, and what our uh, advantages and disadvantages are. Um, and if done right, every disadvantage we have, if we work on it, it actually becomes our advantage. In my business, the same way, every weakest spot we ever had mm-hmm. over time would become our strongest suit, right? And then some other problems take its place. Um, and same thing happens with mindset. Like if, if people are aware enough to where they're lacking, mm-hmm. just you can fulfill that through books, through classes, through all sorts of learning. And, and that becomes your much stronger suit, if not the strongest. Right. And then you identify whatever wherever you're lacking now. But but what happens is everything goes up and up and up and, and your whole baseline just moves up a lot. That's a great point, because as you just to pile onto that, because I totally agree, as you keep learning and growing, you're building upon the previous foundation and then you build another and, and you're the rate at which you can grow, learn, your business can grow and all accelerates based on the things you've done in the past, that foundation that you've laid. So no, that's a wonderful, wonderful point. Um, thank you so much, man. Thanks for being here. I yeah, really, no, this was fun. really appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Um, I know, I know folks will as well. So, and uh, if 
somebody wants to get a hold of you, company folders. Companyfolders.com is the website, and uh, my email is Vladimir at companyfolders.com. Straightforward. Cool. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Sturdy. Thank you for listening.